It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got to repeat. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine, Monday through Friday. We are here for you, even on the odd time that uh, the Celtics lose a game. The Celtics lost tonight to the Detroit Pistons, 118-108. The Boston Celtics in their top-ranked defense gave up 118 points to the Detroit Pistons. Yikes. So we're going to be here to talk about it. John Corrales, Sam Jam Packard, also known as the Rain and Jays. I want to thank you again for being part of us, and thank you for frequenting our sponsor tonight, Greats.com. Greats.com is Brooklyn's first sneaker brand. They're great stuff, of course. That's their name. And uh, we'll give you 15% off later in the show. That might make you happy after watching the Celtics just just get crushed really in a lot of ways defensively they had no answers and Kyrie got stymied you were there for it Sam what did you see Uh, my biggest takeaway from this game is that Andre Drummond is a monster Mm -hmm. like I I had heard the rumblings I had heard the rumors about him playing with renewed energy but he was really um unstoppable tonight and it's not just the like the the points that he put up although he did score 13 in the fourth quarter um, and he also had, you know, just finished the game with a casual 20 and 20 as he's wont to do. But if you were just watching the, the Celtics defense and trying to prepare for Andre Drummond, um, he, he's like a, a planet out there. There's so much gravity that the, and so much attention the Celtics defense has to pay to him when he's in the game, just in terms of, um, I was thinking on a number of different possessions, like, uh, help defenders in the pick and roll. They're just kind of always have to be aware of him. It opens up lanes for, um, guys like Reggie Jackson, Ish Smith to kind of get to the basket. He's just a, a very dominant force. And to see him play with this much energy, I just, I don't know what, like, of course there's things that the, the Celtics are going to go back and look at and say that they can improve upon, but there's just, he is a physical monster, and the Celtics don't really have a, a, an option on their team right now who's built to defend him. And I don't really think the NBA has many people who can uh, just take him out of the game one-on-one. But you saw a lot of times, especially with the Celtics um, switching a bunch, it's just hard to kind of – there's going to be a bunch of times when you have Smart on him or you have Tatum on him or you have just smaller guys. And it's it's uh, facing a guy that big with this the, the kind of style that the def- uh, defensive style that the Celtics play, it's not the best matchup for him. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway. It was just, damn, Andre Drummond, yeah, making his free throws too, and with that play at the end of the where he like pretty much got fouled by uh, Horford and what they didn't call it, and then he just went back up and like went through Horford and scored again. Mm-hmm. It was it was damn impressive. The one thing I think about Drummond tonight is that he didn't. 
it wasn't that he was posting up or anything like that and just putting on you know this clinic he was just he, how many alley-oops did he catch how many dunks did he have how many fast break points did he have i mean he he shot he was active he was he was very active and so okay he got had 26 points and 22 rebounds 20 defensive rebounds so defensively he was finishing off possessions for the pistons the celtics Whenever they missed, there was just no opportunity, really, unless he wasn't on the floor to go out there and 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 get a second chance point or anything. Meanwhile, on the other end, the Celtics had no answers for first of all Tobias Harris, who should be recognized for having he was the team's leading scorer. You know, he was the game. He tied. carried them in the third quarter. He scored fourteen of his points in the third quarter and was like the major reason why they were able to do anything. He was he was great. Yeah, he unstoppable. Like Tobias Harris, just five of six from three. He's you talk about two guys for the Pistons that are having kind of like rejuvenated years. And I don't know what it is. I don't know, you want to give Avery credit, Avery Bradley credit for that, or or what? But they, man, they have kind of figured out a couple of things. Harris, it could just be the the just natural progression of. Okay, Tobias Harris is just getting a little bit better. Incrementally, each year, getting a little bit better. Now he's gone from good to really good. And Andre Drummond, for whatever reason this year, he's, he's playing better. He's more energetic. And he looks he, – he doesn't look slow. He doesn't look plodding or anything like that. He looks really good. And the, the, the Celtics were just inundated with pick and rolls, the, the, the play where Avery Bradley started in the corner, came up off a pick, dribble handoff, and then you lose Andre Drummond. It's just alley-oop, you know, bounce pass, all, all this stuff. The, the Celtics looked uncharacteristically bad on defense. I don't, I don't think that just because Drummond is tall, it, it made things difficult because I didn't see his height be any sort of outstanding issue for the Celtics tonight. I just felt like they lost him a lot. And maybe they got caught up in the fact that he's tall and they needed to try to play their defense a little bit differently. But I've never seen the Celtics lose a guy this season as often as they lost him. Yeah, no, that was that was a very surprising part. You think they would take him like really make sure to take him out of the game. But the thing that's like difficult about defending Drummond is on the, on the possessions that they didn't lose him where they kind of paid extra attention to him. It just really opened up um, this kind of mid range game. It felt like Avery Bradley for one um, Luke Kennard, just like randomly knocking down shots. It felt like just when they did sink in a little bit to really try and um, focus on Drummond, it left open shots at which the, the Pistons knocked down. I mean, they have a, just a solid, um, a solid lineup around uh, around Drummond and Avery Bradley. It really feels like kind of the perfect guy to come in, and um, we all know he's great at mid range jump shots or good things he can like catch uh, two dribbles and pull up. Um, so I thought the 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 Pistons did a very good job on offense, and then on defense, uh, we saw a little bit of a different rotation from um, Brad Stevens tonight, and uh, I thought it was an, an interesting, uh, especially given our discussion yesterday about what's going to change with the second unit, because actually in the first half, um, the second unit was the main reason why the Celtics were in the game, and we saw Brad Stevens kind of stagger uh, 
Kyrie and Horford. I think there's only a couple possessions where one of them wasn't on the floor. Uh, we saw at the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter, uh, Brad go with the three-guard lineup of um, Rozier, Kyrie, and Marcus Smart. And someone, uh, I'm totally blanking on the person who tweeted this at me, but said that's not a three-guard lineup. That's just a two-guard lineup with Marcus Smart as power forward, which is a very good point. <laughs> but that bench unit um, with Daniel Tice in there, uh, shouts to Daniel Tice for being uh, very good at rolling to the rim. But the, that bench unit did a, a, a pretty good job. It's just when the starters were in, uh, they did not. They were not very efficient at scoring the basketball. Um, Kyrie Irving, you know what? Turns out, surprise to all Celtics fans, Avery Bradley's a pretty good one-on-one defender. And Kyrie had a a number of turnovers tonight. It was not Kyrie's uh, best performance. I think he finished with, just trying to look up the stats right now. I got him right here. 18 points. 18 points, nine assists, four rebounds, but six turnovers and five personal fouls. And, yeah, and it felt like he was he was forcing his, sh- his shots and took some ill-advised threes, in my opinion. And he just – he still had his moments. He's still going to get his buckets because he's Kyrie Irving and he's an amazing basketball player. But it didn't feel like he was comfortable. And without him being the main scorer, uh, the Celtics were doing a decent job in the first half. But just down the stretch, they really couldn't generate points. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's look at Kyrie's night because he basically, his second quarter, like you were talking about, because we mentioned it on the show last night, that starting Kyrie in the second quarter might be something the Celtics wanted to toy around with, and they did, and it worked. Six points, four assists, one of three shooting, basically one of two from three, three of three from the line. So a, a, a decent second quarter, and he fed Daniel Tice. Like of those four assists, I think all three of Tice's baskets were assisted by Kyrie. So that second quarter aside, Kyrie had a pretty terrible game. I mean, like his shooting number, six of 16 from the field, one of six from three. The only thing he did fairly well tonight was 
he had nine assists and he, he had five of seven from the line. So, yeah, he was frustrated all night. And I think that fourth quarter was especially frustrating for him where he just looked out of sorts. A very un-Kyrie-like fourth quarter. He missed all four of his shots, one of two from the line, just not comfortable at all. And in any way, in any way, there was the inbounds play where he got his fifth foul, where Avery Bradley was just, we, we use the, the term up in his jock, but he was almost literally, like he was face-to-face, like nose-to-nose with Kyrie Irving, would not let him get free. And the pass was made in to Horford, who didn't feel like he could cross the half-court line. And then the, the Drummond made the steal, and, and Kyrie had a stupid foul. Like, that was just a stupid foul in that situation. And that was a three-point play. So Kyrie was out completely, completely out of sorts tonight. Just not himself. Not just, I'm going to... Have a, I'm having a bad game. Let me do some other things. Nothing. By, by the time this game was over, Avery Bradley had been living rent-free inside Kyrie Irving's head, I think, for a quarter and a half at the very least. And that's, that's going to happen, I guess, when Avery Bradley's defending you. But that's where you, you would expect other Celtics to step up. If you look at that fourth quarter, uh, they only scored 22 points, nine of which were Marcus Smart three-pointers, which is just... Not, I mean, it's amazing to see every single time, and it makes me chuckle, uh, and it makes uh, everyone laugh. Uh, but without those, they would have scored 13 points, and no other. Jalen Brown um, in eight minutes did not have a, a field goal attempt in that time. Al Horford only had one. Uh, Tatum was one for two. It's just no other um, guys on the offense uh, really stepped up in that fourth quarter whatsoever. They couldn't get. Um, any great looks. It's not like they were missing the, the open looks that they had. It's that they weren't really getting the ball side to side. The paint touches were not, um, were not there for them. Uh, so that's going to be a problem. If, if, if you're entirely relying on Kyrie Irving to basically score all the points in the fourth quarter, and he's being defended by the best one-on-one guard perimeter defender in the league. Yeah, that's, that seems problematic. And I mean, uh, I don't know what the what the answer is. I feel like they playing through Horford more uh, w- would make sense against a person like Andre Drummond. Uh, maybe try and draw him out to the three point line and get him in space. But uh, I don't know. It just doesn't. It it didn't work out tonight. And I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this tomorrow, but and try and figure out what exactly the Celtics need to do better on offense because uh, I couldn't figure it out uh, just watching the game alone, but it just didn't feel like they were getting open shots. And maybe that's just the presence of a guy of Drummond's size in the middle. Um, they have some pretty good defenders as well. So I think Stanley Johnson and Tobias Harris are also some of those guys who can, who can switch and give guys uh, defensive problems. To, um, and Detroit, just a good team. I think it's a, it's a very solid matchup, um, but there's definitely things Celtics can do better on the offensive end. Uh and if Kyrie's not going to be your, your go-to scorer, other guys are going to have to step up. We'll continue this conversation in a moment. First, I want to let everybody know that they should be going to greats.com for some great holiday gifts or if you want to treat yourself to an amazing pair of sneakers. Like I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, I am a sneaker guy. I'm a sneakerhead. I'm, I'm in this movement, in this moment, and I, I just love shopping for sneakers. Uh, I, I have a big size. I'm a size 14. And it's hard for me to find 
stuff that's cool, that looks cool in my size. And I got to tell you, I, I wore my pair today of greats.com. They sent me the Royale Blanco, which is their lace-up sneaker. It's one of their most popular brands. They also have the Worcester Slip-On, which is another popular brand that comes in. You know, they have the cloth upper. They have the leather. They have different styles that fit any sort of taste. So you could be a person like me that always loves wearing a pair of jeans with some sneakers, or you could try to dress it up a different way. There are all sorts of options for you on greats.com. And right now, we are offering 15% off your first purchase with the code Locked On. So it's a great gift for the holidays for the sneakerhead in your life or anybody that just likes being fashionable. And there's nothing more fashionable with, than sneakers in the, over the past few years. So greats.com for men and for women. You've got to be clear that for men and for women. Designed in Brooklyn, they're made in Italy, and they are great price and an even better price at 15% off your first purchase when you use the code Locked On. Go do what you got to do. Buy them for a friend, buy them for a family, buy them for yourself. Get a couple of pairs. With the 15% off, you might as well stock up and get two or three and get the, the discount all in one shot. So go to greats.com today for a great pair of sneakers. Uh, okay, so offensively, I do think there's something to having a guy like Drummond in the lane. What's odd is that of all the things that Drummond did, 26 points, 22 rebounds, six assists, four steals, zero block shots, zero for him, which I just find all of all the things that he did in this game, you'd think he might have blocked a shot or two. But he didn't. In fact, the Pistons only blocked a couple of shots, which goes to tell me that what you're saying, there's credence to what you're saying because the Celtics didn't even drive and give them an attempt to block shots. They, they settled. They, they took 77 shots. 33 of them were from three. So they took 33 three-pointers, almost half their offense. And then the rest were, what, long mid-range jumpers that – just they just weren't falling and so i don't know when we look at the problem i gotta watch again i'm i'm getting stuck on marcus morris i'm getting stuck on marcus morris when he's in the game they're not moving the ball as much he i feel like we're we're getting to a point where he he gets the ball and he doesn't know where to go with it or doesn't feel comfortable with where everybody's supposed to be. I mean, I don't even know how many practices he's had since coming to the Celtics. Maybe two. So I can't just totally blame it on him and his style of play. But I just feel like he so consistently ends up in the negative side of the column that even though he had 13 points on 5 of 11 shooting, it just didn't feel like he... I didn't feel like the the offense moved much when he was there. There's one play that I wrote down where Marcus Morris had the ball. The game was tied at 100. And Marcus Smart actually had run one of those picks where he got a guy sealed in the lane. And if you go back to when the game was at 100 and 100, Morris had the ball at the top of the key, and it might have been a tough passing angle. i got to watch that again. But it was one of those plays where 
Smart set a pick and immediately turned and sealed his guy. And we've seen Marcus Smart do that before and get the ball and score. And that right there is an opportunity to completely change the makeup of the game because it's tied at 100. If Marcus Smart got the ball there and the Celtics went up, that changes, that changes every play after that. So we don't know. The Celtics may have still lost. The way this game went, I, it's hard to imagine scenarios in which the Celtics would have won. But for Morris to miss that play, I felt like that's just – and right afterwards I kept getting tweets about why doesn't Marcus Morris pass the ball – I don't know if the uh, <laughs> why is the sky blue? Yeah, <laughs> but and and I know we probably have a lot more locked on Pistons fans listening to us tonight. I don't know if this is just a case of this is just Marcus Morris just does not pass the ball, but I I can't I don't know I, I maybe I just haven't paid that closely attention to him. I, I could have sworn that he wasn't that big of a black hole, and I don't know if they, they, he needs more Celtics more practices with the Celtics. That when the schedule calms down, this might break a little bit and calm down a little bit. But I'm I'm just stuck on the fact that when Marcus Morris is in the game, just I don't like the way it feels. Well, I guess the the question in response to that is what is the what is the ulterior solution? Is it more? I mean, Aaron Baines did not very play that much many minutes, especially in the second half. Only five. He played zero in the fourth quarter. Tice got five in the fourth quarter. Uh, is the solution there going a bit bigger, putting Al Horford at the four? and Because um, then you kind of lose the the ability to go five out, which I think uh, is the Celtics' kind of most dangerous lineup. Uh, it's it all, I think, Again, it comes back to Drummond. It feels like you need some sort of other size in there just on the defensive end, so you need someone like Morris. But if you still want to go five out, you're going to have to kind of go with Morris instead of Tice or Baines. Like, ideally, the Celtics' best offensive lineup when going small would be Kyrie Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Horford. But if you if you have a guy like Drummond just kind of patrolling the paint, is that, like, a, a reasonable lineup to put in? It's a, it's a real matchup nightmare. I mean, I agree with what you say about Marcus Morris. He's, I mean, he's net, his passing is not his forte. I mean, Iso Mook is named Iso Mook for a reason. But I think a lot of the guys tonight... Uh, did not have great games. I, like I wasn't Jalen Brown, Jason. I mean, there were some. They all had some some moments. Tatum knocked down some nice threes, but in terms of just a total team performance, no one was really able to do much. It felt like the Pistons made concerted effort to uh, either just get the ball out of Kyrie Irving's hands or just make the uh, life extremely difficult for Kyrie. And you would hope that uh, passing and uh, they would be able to get around that and get open shots. And there were some moments where they were able to like uh, hit the roll man, uh, especially when it was Tice. Uh, but in terms of just getting paint touches and getting the ball side to side, um, it was not the best performance from, from the Celtics tonight because Kyrie was, was very much stifled. Um, so back to the drawing board. They're, I mean, they're playing another very big guy in Joel Embiid, who has a lot of talent um, on Thursday night. So this is going to be... Uh, at least they have two nights off, but it's a quick turnaround. They, uh, it was a very close game uh, when the Celtics played the 76ers earlier in the season, and Embiid was garbage in that game. Um, I remember he was quite drunk uh, or hungover. <laughs> uh, that was actually the start of the winning streak. But So if they get uh, the Sixers get a decent performance from a big guy like Embiid, 
who knows? The Celtics could be in trouble because it seems like they have a real problem finding the the, the right lineup to kind of match size and talent. Well, I, I just it, it's possible. It's possible that that's that's the case. I, I don't want to make these these big snap judgments. Big. What are you talking about? That's what we do. I know. I know. Well, it's, <laughs> It's much more fun to make just uh, hot take reactions and a win about how good the team is, and then when they lose, it feels like kind of a dick move to just make other negative hot takes. <laughs> well, look, they're what? They're 18-4 and four now, so they've only lost four times. And you look at the teams that they've beaten, they have, they have beaten teams with, with big guys. I mean, they, to varying abilities, but still, they have beaten teams with size. So... They, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put too much into this loss. It was a great game by the Pistons. That kid in the back is very excited about something or upset. I don't know. That kid behind. I think he's screaming. very excited. I'm near the the Celtics family room, so uh, that hopefully, hopefully people are cheery. I feel like that kid was probably like, "Oh my God, is that Jam Packard?" I wish someone called me Jam Packard in person. Actually, that happened when I was out on Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving. Someone called me Jam, and it was a very cool moment, but um, no one in the Celtics facility has ever called me Jam. <laughs> well, we're going to get on that. We've got people saying Tito, so we'll get people saying Jam. Uh, I, I just don't know where – I don't want to – I don't. I just don't want to make that, that big leap that because Andre Drummond is – a giant human being who's good at basketball that he's the reason why. And the, the Celtics are, are going to face all these tough things and whatever. Uh, let's, let's get some more data. I mean, it's one loss out of 22 games and one, one loss out of four. So great game for Drummond. Great game for Drummond. No doubt. Great game for Tobias Harris. Great game for Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's defense on Kyrie, as much as anything, shutting Kyrie down was the was as big a story as, as anything here, and it all just kind of flows out of that. How many Kyrie turnovers, and even opportunities to get the ball to Kyrie that didn't that went awry, turned into fast break points, and almost all of those fast break points went to Andre Drummond. So, just gotta give a shout out. Look, the, the Pistons. Did a great job. They defended the Celtics pretty well. They just they defended Kyrie Irving amazingly well. And then a couple of guys had these massive monster games. And the Celtics just didn't get anything. Jason Tatum didn't didn't give him anything special. Jalen Brown didn't give him anything special. I mean, guys that you would count on didn't give them anything special. Al Horford, eleven points, just eight shots. You know, he didn't have as big an impact, just three assists. So just a bunch of things that didn't work out. Marcus Smart was was the one guy who had an above his head kind of game, and that's because he had, of course, Marcus Smart had a six of nine from three game after all the shit that we've been talking about his his shooting. So, whatever. Well, we're moving on. We're on to Philadelphia. That we are. I got. I got nothing else. No. No. No more takes. I'm take free right now. All right. Let me. Let me bust through some uh, tweets. Let's do that. So uh, at Donald Scroperg at Scroperg. Remember when we poop 
poo-pooed <laughs> the possibility of getting Drummond. Yeah, I remember when we poo-pooed the possibility of getting Drummond. And st- I don't. I do. But I'm just going to I'm saying that now because he played real well, but I don't really remember him ever being an actual target. Uh, I think there was there was a time last year especially where you know Pistons were struggling and it was like all right, time to take Time to make a move here. And nobody, nobody was making a move on Drummond. And I still don't think anybody makes a move on Drummond. He had an awesome game. He had an awesome game. And he's having... He's had an awesome year so far. So far, yeah, that's great. Like, he's... That, that's fine, but he makes... How much money does he make now? He makes, like, upwards of $20 million? Is he making $20 million? It's definitely in the millions, if I had to guess. He is making millions. <laughs> Uh, twenty. It's up above last season. He made twenty-two million. So he's 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 big money. He's big money for a long time. And I still like he had a great game. He had a great game. His his numbers this season are are pretty good. He's rebounding like, like crazy. But are you you really gonna pay twenty-two million dollars, twenty plus million more than that for Drummond now? No. Still, even after that game, no, I'm still not. I'm still not going to do it. So, although Scrotberg added, uh, he really could have helped our free throw percentage, though, which he could have. <laughs> it's odd. Uh, Ron Rosales at Muddy Mouse two thirty five. I don't think it's a coincidence that two losses after the winning streak came at the hands of teams with former Celtics. They look so much more prepared for us. And I guess it's the Kelly Olynyk-led Miami Heat and Avery Bradley with the Pistons. I don't know. Do we think that they – I don't think that their knowledge – I mean, yeah, they Kelly and I'm sure Avery know stuff that Brad's trying to do, but there's only three guys left from that – four guys from that team that they knew last year. I'm sure there are new wrinkles. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give credit to Brad on this one that he is such a good teacher – that his disciples have learned so much from him, even so much that he that they've learned how to stop him. Although that would make Brad weaker in the long run, so I'm going to retract everything I just said. Uh, I don't know if that's actually true, but I think like there's like the the premise isn't that sweaty. Like it makes sense that if Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley like know the general design or what the concepts Brad's trying to get across with his offense, but I don't think that's like the sole reason. Um, the Celtics lost those two games. I don't think they're just like exclusively going to lose to team with former Brad Stevens players. That's that's a bit absurd. But oh, uh, sure. I like co- connecting the dots is always fun. It's so always connect fun. away, Ron Rosales. Sure. Uh, at Robert Denton, it's all about the turnovers and free throw percentage. I don't think Detroit can shoot that well in many more games against us. Glad Bradley had a good debut. I guess a good debut against the in his return to the Celtics. I mean, look they. They did shoot amazingly well, 51, 52%, 44% from three. I mean, like, like we said before, Tobias Harris was a monster. Bradley had a decent game. Reggie Jackson. We haven't even mentioned Reggie Jackson, who had 20 points and seven assists quietly. Reggie Jackson is having a year, I think. I think Reggie Jackson is playing a lot better than he has in the past and not as Reggie Jackson-ish. Like, he, he would have been much less efficient if this was last year's Reggie Jackson. Oh, yeah, it would have taken a lot of dumb shots and his teammates would have hated him um, as they did last year. But, no, it felt like he was uh, very good at attacking the rim um, or just probing the defense. 
it's it's interesting just watching the like the Pistons guards play with a man like Drummond because you just see them trying to engage the the big defender on pick and rolls and just trying to pull that guy away so they can eventually get it to Drummond. It's like um, it just feels like there's a lot of more open space for them to work because because uh, the defender is more likely to cling. Um, and I thought uh, Reggie Jackson did a, a pretty good job. And then traditional Celtics killer Ish Smith, of course, threw in his uh, eight points in the second half. That's just what Ish Smith does. Sure, of course. Uh, Mike Hynek, did the Pistons perform a crazy basketball god sacrifice that transferred Drummond's free throw ability to the Celtics? Yeah, one of those like Disney movies pissing into the fountain when lightning strikes and all of a sudden your, your, your free throw ability switches? Maybe that's what happened. Maybe, the, maybe they put Drummond's free throw shooting ability into Marcus Morris's like travel bag and it just exploded in the Celtics locker room and now they suck at their free throws. I'm pretty sure that's the plot to Space Jam. So, um, and Drummond performed like a monstar. That was my first thing I said in this podcast. So <laughs> I didn't even think like the Celtics free throw shooting was that bad, but now I'm going back and looking at the stats and it was in fact not good. It was not good. Uh, not good. 12 of 21 is not good. Uh, that's Andre Drummond levels. Yes. Yes. You can't shoot 57% from the line. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it, it all adds up. Like, okay, Smart had this weird game where Smart usually hits his free throws and misses his threes. Well, today he hit his threes and missed his free throws. So Smart was one of four from the line, but, you know, Morris missed one. Jalen Brown missed both of his, which is not good. He struggles from the line. He's not good at that. No, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird, but, like, Okay, Kyrie was 5 of 7. Yeah, that's not bad. Daniel Tice was 4 of 5. You know? But it all adds up to 57%. You're like, oh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't make their free throws. But it's, it's weird. It, I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is up with Jalen Brown. Because his, his numbers, I got to look up his splits as we're talking because the, the home road splits seem like they're kind of, it's, it's off. Skewed in which direction? Worse at well, worse at home or worse at the road? Well, here it is. No, it's it doesn't make any sense. His home free throw shooting percentage coming into this game was seventy six percent, seventy six and a half percent, and his road free throw percentage was forty eight point nine. So yikes! Yeah, that's not good. Uh, his three point percentage is much better at home. He just had a bad night. He just had a bad night. His offensive rating at home is 112. On the road, it's 96. Defensive rating at home is 98. And on the road, it's 100. So just the shooting, I guess the advanced numbers a little bit kind of show that he shoots mostly better at home. But that doesn't explain his 0 for 2 and his 4 of 10 overall shooting tonight. So Never mind. I'm not going to edit that out because it's a little exploration down the box scores and his numbers. But it's we'll we'll have to look into that a little bit more as as the season progresses and whether those home road splits hold up. Uh, any junk drawer stuff tonight? Uh, it, junk drawer is practically bare. Uh, I thought it was funny at the start where they did like the thing to Avery Bradley where they just didn't turn the lights on in the gym. And so it was just like very dark and they were like had the camera on him and it was just uh, an odd moment of staging. Um, 
I think uh, well, all the fans at home need to know about this uh, thing they do in between quarters. It's called Kid Picasso, where they have a kid draw a member of the Celtics, and then they have the Celtics try to guess who it is. And it is hilarious. And let me tell you, star of it every single time is uh, Tito Three Sticks. That guy's a charmer. He's hilarious. <laughs> so um, I think I'm trying to work with the Celtics. We're going to try and get like a, a six-episode uh, t- development deal in place. Because Kid Picasso starting Tito Three Sticks is going to be a huge, huge with the children. Um, and then other than that, let me tell you, I, uh, I, I got nothing. There's yeah. the junk drawer. When, the, when it's like a close game and especially when the Celtics end up losing, um, my, the, the chances of me noticing random whimsical shit is, uh, goes down. It's... So oh, the last thing is Marcus Smart when, he, um, when he's the, scre- the defender on a, uh, and he gets screened. He does this just really cool spin move to get around to like pick up the roll man, and I've never seen anyone else in the NBA do it. But he's just like, it's his go-to move. So uh, I just watch out for that because that's a cool move. Okay, well, watch out for that. One final note before we wrap this up: the Celtics have broken their uh, record for number of threes in a month. So I believe that. It was the record was 170, and I believe they're up to 176 for threes in a month. And there's still there's still time to add to that. Just amazing that what the Celtics, just where the NBA is. Uh, there was a play in the third quarter where there was a fast break, and Jason Tatum and I tweeted, I made a joke about it, but. Once upon a time, in a fast break, guys would run to the rim, and, and Jaylen, Jason Tatum just ran to a corner and got an uncontested three, which is what people do nowadays. That's exactly how an NBA fast break should be run. But once upon a time, guys would get benched for doing that. So Celtics are jacking up a ton of threes. They've hit more threes in a single month than they ever have before. So there's a stat for you. It's a stat, and I have it, and it's for you. So. Oh, I got I got one more junk drawer that I just remembered. I'm sorry to, to do this, but as, well, I was on the ninth floor in the balcony level, and at some point there was like six calls in a row against the Celtics, and some fan heckled, Cyber Monday sale on whistles. <laughs> and I was like, boom, roasted. That's a, that's a good roast from the balcony. Um, so shouts to that guy for come, uh, being creative and timely with the Cyber Monday reference. That's fantastic. I love good topical basketball humor. Uh, Celtics dropped this one to the Detroit Pistons, one eighteen to one hundred eight, to fall to eighteen and four. Still the best record in the league, but Detroit still hanging around. Celtics now have two days off, which is crazy. They actually will get a practice in at some point before they play the Seventy Sixers. Two games, two days off. Holy shit, that's new. We'll see what happens then. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show if you're a subscriber be sure to rate us five stars let everybody know that uh get get, give us a a good review let everybody know that they should be listening to us if you're not a subscriber go ahead hit that subscribe button wherever you find your podcast search for locked on celtics and of course be a deer and frequent our sponsors because they uh, they support us, and uh, that would really be a great help to have them know that our listeners are checking out their stuff and purchasing. That's just a little way to help us out. So we'll be back tomorrow night 
This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.